At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah! Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is VEASAN's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Here's your host, Danny Burke. Welcome to it, folks. Time to start up another edition of Decent's Pro Football Betting Podcast. Your host, Danny Burke, here per usual, and to preview Monday Night Football in his typical spot, it is Brady Cannon, who you can follow on Twitter at Las Vegas Golfer. As for myself, at Danny Burke 5. But folks, I implore you to follow along, Brady, because the man has been crushing it. Uh, Brady, you and I, you know, last week we swept the board. We had a total of three plays, all came home. So uh, the audience has high expectations coming into this Monday night affair with New England on the road against the Arizona Cardinals. This game opened up about a point, point and a half in favor of Arizona. I know the Superbook had it at two, but it seemed like every other book followed suit by going a little bit lower. It's kind of gone back and forth. Arizona's still a slight favorite. And this total, we actually haven't seen too much alteration either. Pretty much 44, uh, maybe one or two 43 and a halves out there. But not the craziest amount of movement for this Monday night showdown. So uh, how is this one stacking up among the games for NFL Week 14 on your list, my friend? Well, first of all, you don't have Arizona as a favorite, do you? Uh, I do not have Arizona as a favorite. Okay, no. yeah. You, Did, if I mistakenly said that, then pardon me. New yeah. England is the favorite if I misspoke. <laughs> yeah, New England a road favorite, and you're right. I've seen a couple of twos pop, but uh, for the most part, uh, one and a half across the board just about everywhere. And, and it's interesting. There hasn't been much action on this game. I know early in the week, uh, Chris Andrews, of course, puts out an article on vcin.com and kind of a market report where the movement has been. And he said, uh, you know, for this late in the week, I think he puts it out on Friday or Saturday or something mm -hmm. like that. 
for this late in the week, he was embarrassed by how little dollars he had on this game. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, he doesn't uh, have my money, but uh, one book in, in Las <laughs> Vegas does have my money on the New England Patriots in the role of the road favorite laying one and a half points. And, you know, they've lost two in a row. They've averaged scoring, uh, I believe, less than 15 points over their last three contests. They really have not looked very good at all uh, recently, the New England Patriots. But now they've lost two in a row, and I think this is actually a good situation for them to bounce back. They have extra rest. Of course, they played on last Thursday night in a loss to the Buffalo Bills. So Bill Belichick has had extra time to prepare, and, and I think he'll need that because – a lot of things have gone wrong for New England as of late. We've heard Mac Jones, you know, uh, kind of, uh, you know, coming out on the sidelines and, and yelling about the play calling, the yeah. conservative nature of the play calling. You know, let's get the ball downfield more. And then also Belichick has had a history this season of struggling against mobile quarterbacks. Uh, your guy, Justin Fields, lit him up for 33 points. Uh, Josh Allen for 24 points this last Thursday. And then Lamar Jackson earlier in the year for 37 points. So I'm sure that's been a focal point in going up against Kyler Murray and how to defend him, yet another mobile quarterback. And then, you know, the other thing is I mentioned, you know, Mac Jones complaining about the conservative play calling and, you know, they've really sputtered in the red zone uh, 0 for 6, their last six tries in the red zone. They have come away without a touchdown. Um, but this week's opponent, uh, in, in conjunction with having extra time to prepare, uh, I think this week's opponent uh, provides a, a nice soft landing for them, a team that has an awful defense. Uh, I believe they're dead last in the league in red zone defense. Yes, they are dead last in the league in red zone defense. Yeah. Uh, you know, here, here's some numbers for you. They allow opponents to score on over 43% of their drives. That's 30th in the league. They're allowing a league high 2.86 points per drive at home this season. Season. We know how bad the Arizona Cardinals are at home. They also average this season giving up 112 rushing yards at home. So uh, I think everything lines up pretty well for New England to get right here off a couple of losses. And that's another situation. We typically don't see Bill Belichick struggle for long periods of time. And in this particular case, he's got a team that's bad at home. And he's also had extra time to prepare on how to correct things. So, Brady, I, I am on the side with you with New England. I, I've kind of been waiting to officially play because I wanted to hear your thoughts. I mean, again, you've been cruising on Monday night, and obviously you're one of the more respected minds betting the NFL. And I kind of figured you'd be on the side of New England, so I just needed to get that confirmation. But what I do want to ask also is, why do you think that this line hasn't really moved that much toward New England? Again, it's uh, about a point and a half touch two but nothing's gone over that really do you think it's gonna be a situation where we get that late movement on Monday because no one was really attracted to it do you think there's the trepidation for New England because as you alluded to the offense has been stagnant and they've kind of struggled against mobile quarterbacks uh, what do you think would be the main reason for that well, I think a lot of times we, we see betters wait to bet the Monday night game until possibly a little bit later in the week. I certainly think there will be uh, a rush of action, you know, when we do get to Monday morning and Monday afternoon, that type of thing. I, I would think the the Patriots would be the more popular side. And, and who knows? I, I don't think this game will close three and a half. That would probably certainly be a take uh, on the Arizona side if you could get a hook. But I wouldn't be surprised if it got to three. Uh, I mean, it, it'll probably 
probably go to two and two, two or two and a half pretty quickly. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it closed three. My numbers actually, Danny, come to uh, my, my initial number came to Patriots minus 10 and then another huh. set of numbers at <laughs> Patriots minus three and a half and another set of numbers at Patriots minus five and a half. So, you know, all three, uh, all, all three systems of numbers that I put together uh, come out to the Patriots covering this spread and, and covering by a decent margin. Uh, Arizona is just absolutely really one of the worst teams in the league, especially when you go by the metrics. Uh, you know, they, they don't do well on offense. They can't run the ball very well. Their receiving core has been hampered by injury. Uh, you will have Hollywood Brown and uh, DeAndre Hopkins on the field for this game, but no Rondale Moore, uh, no Zach Ertz, of course, at tight end. And, uh, you know, the defense has been poor as well. Uh, you know, they're 26th, I believe. Let's see if I can find it here. Uh, I think it's uh, 26th in the league, 24th, 24th in the league in passing yards allowed. So there's another reason that Bill Belichick, Matt Patricia, that coaching staff, and, and Mac Jones, uh, you know, can make good reason on why to try and throw this ball further down the field against a team uh, that doesn't defend the pass very well and gives up, you know, the 24th most yards of passing through the air in the NFL. So, uh, Again, I, I think there's a lot of different boxes you can check off here on why this is a good situation for New England. So, Brady, you always talk about your numbers. You have the three different power ratings or your numbers that you crunch out for a lot of these games we preview. And that was a pretty big discrepancy in comparison to what the market actually has it at. I, I can't recall exactly, but is that probably the biggest difference that we have discussed, at least for a Monday night game, in terms of what your numbers have crunched? Well, you know, it's kind of weird, Danny, and I just look at a bunch of different stats and there's different ways of computing them and, and turning those, transforming those into a point spread. And, you know, it's it's kind of rare where they all come out the same, meaning like a, a similar number. Uh, right. But in this case, all of them, you know, are pretty heavy in favor of the Patriots. Uh, you know, for instance, I had the Philadelphia Eagles uh, as a, a, as an 11 and a half point favorite over the Giants today. That worked out. The Baltimore Ravens I had as a nine and a half point favorite over the Steelers. Now, you have to adjust for Tyler Huntley there. Those are Lamar Jackson-based numbers. But let's say you adjust four, four and a half, five points or whatever for Huntley. It still comes out as Baltimore as a favorite across all my numbers. And, and they won the game outright as a short underdog. So, uh, you know, this late into the season, I think you can put a you know pretty decent-sized trust in your numbers. You know, I go back to the numbers I had on the uh, Miami Dolphins and uh, Los Angeles Chargers game. I had Miami minus six, Miami minus three, and Miami minus one. So one in favor of the Chargers, one basically right on the line, and then one in favor of Miami. I ended up playing the Chargers plus three and the hook because I felt that hook was very important. And uh, quite frankly, I was surprised at how awful the uh, Miami offense was and also yeah. very surprised at how good the Chargers defense was. But, you know, the numbers... I don't always just blindly play them, but when you have, you know, three-way agreement across all the uh, different systems I use and, and it's pretty, you know, heavy in one direction, then that's when I start taking a hard look at that side. Sure. And hey, I am with you and I did just want to throw out some numbers you kind of already hit 
on some of them, but a reason that I am going with the side in New England. I mean, you look at DVOA, you know, a metric that you and I use a lot, and I always like to reference it when we preview these games. But in terms of defense, we know New England is pretty strongly suited on that side of the ball. They're third overall defensively in DVOA. The Cardinals are 24th. So again, as bad as New England has been offensively, like you said, Mac Jones is kind of clamoring to let him throw the ball down the field. Hey, if there's a time to do it, it could probably be in this matchup. Uh, you already mentioned the Cardinals are red zone defensive efficiency. They're allowing a touchdown when opponents are getting in the red zone 69% of the time. And that number over the course of the last three games has risen to 75%. New England is also averaging more yards per play on average, 5.4 in comparison to 4.9 to the Cardinals. New England's limiting opponents to just five yards per play overall and 4.4 over the last three games. Arizona's opponents getting 5.7 yards per play. So a lot of these numbers are in advantage wise to the side of New England. And, you know, Brady, I think one of the bigger things at the end of the day that you don't necessarily put on paper with game by game stats is just looking at the head coach matchup, right? Yeah, I mean, Cliff absolutely. Kingsbury versus Bill Belichick. If there wasn't a reason before to bet him, it's probably got to be that. I mean, Belichick, maybe not in the top tier as much as he once was. But, I mean, in comparison to Cliff Kingsbury, if Belichick can't overcome him and this dreadful Cardinals team, I mean, what are we doing at this point? No, I agree with everything you say there. You know, is Belichick really at the top of his game like he was? And, of course, he no longer has Tom Brady either. I still think he's one heck of a coach. And in this particular instance, we've given him extra time to prepare, and he's off two straight losses. So, you know, I I think that sets up for a very good coach who has a history of rebounding off of not only one loss but two in a row. Uh, and, and Kingsbury, I don't know, Danny, have you watched any of this in-season hard knocks with the Arizona Cardinals? So I haven't. Be, and, the, and the reason I haven't is you would think it would be must-watch TV, but if it was so good, I feel like I would hear more noise about it and see more clips. But maybe they're kind of keeping some stuff under the rug. I, I don't know. Have you tuned into it? I, I just happened to watch it one time. My, my family, I, I think it's one episode. Maybe I watched two, but I think it was just one Um, My family had it on and and I checked it out and you know that made me even less impressed with Cliff Kingsbury. He just acts like uh, I I wouldn't even say a college coach just his language and the the way he tries to to motivate his team the way he gets upset about things. I mean he, he just sounds completely immature and I don't mean immature as a person but immature as a professional NFL uh, head coach and I I mean you, you I always go back to like Can you imagine Bill Belichick and the Patriots acting like this? I always use them as kind of a benchmark Mm -hmm. and, and there's, it's not even close. So, you know, all the, the bad press or the bad reviews that Cliff Kingsbury gets, it kind of solidified my opinion uh, in watching this in season hard knocks. And, you know, to your point that uh, Belichick again, with extra rest off loss, uh, it, it should not be a situation where I can see him getting out coached by Kingsbury in the least. All right, so Brady, um, in summation for myself right now, I am going to bet the Patriots, like we said. I'm going with the money line, personally. I'll lay minus 125. Are you going with the money line, or are you going with the spread here? I I thought about the money line, honestly, Danny, uh, Danny, but... You know, and then I thought, okay, so it's minus 125. Yeah, I don't think it was minus 120. I think it was minus 125 versus obviously minus 110. And I thought, you know what? It's not a huge expense, 15 cents, but it's also not a huge ask just to cover one and a half. 
True. You know, I mean, that's one, one and a half, two, even two and a half. You know, I think more often than not, uh, if you're going to win the game, you're going to cover that number. So I, I went with the less that's expensive not. price. Okay, copy that. Well, hey, Brady's in on the Patriots. I don't have a problem with what you did. I'm just telling you, yeah. you know, that was basically the root of my decision there that mm -hmm. if they win, they should cover one and a half. Yeah, absolutely. And again, like you said, more often than not, they are going to cover it. I just personally am someone sometimes who I'm willing to lay a little bit more if it's not too crazy, but have no issue, of course, laying the short spread that again, more often than not, if they're going to win, they're going to cover that number. So we got Brady locked and loaded for New England minus one in the hook. I'll go with the money line minus 125. Uh, Brady, one other area I did want to kind of hone in on is this total at 44. Again, this really hasn't shifted I lean toward the under, but more so kind of like last week, I would be tempted to look at the first half under Brady. Uh, 21 and a half is where we're seeing this number. It opened at 22 for several books. I, I guess the reason that stands out to me is because we've seen it time and time again, Brady, is this inept first half offense out of Arizona. And defensively, they haven't been that strong in the first half. So I said, okay, maybe New England on the first half. But if I like them there, I feel a little bit safer going the full game if anything kind of weird happens. Uh, both are averaging less than 10 first half points per game. New England, uh, over the course of their last three games, they've even been lower than that. I think they're at uh, 8.7 for their last three games. Now, New England's allowing 9.4 first-half points per game this season. The Cardinals, again, they're a little bit higher at 13.4. However, because of New England's lack of offense overall, ranking dead last in red zone offensive efficiency, perhaps you get out to a slower start in this game, uh, like we've seen from both of these teams several times. And also, too, again, we talk about New England's defense. What they've done really well is defend the run, so I think James Conner can be limited if that's where they're trying to get their offense going in the first place, like a lot of teams do. 2.9 yards per rush attempt over their last three games is what New England's opponents are getting. Uh, Arizona not the best against the run, so perhaps New England focuses on Ramondre Stevenson. What is that going to do? Eat up the clock, take a lot of time away, and uh, they have one of the better red zone defenses, does New England on the other side. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm just kind of speculating out loud. If I'm doing some with the total, it would maybe be with the first half under 21 in the hook. But ultimately, I may just end up sticking out with the sweat of New England because I don't want to root against them scoring. But objectively speaking, I feel like lower scoring would be the angle to approach. Yeah, if I was going to mess with the total, I would probably approach the entire game staying under okay. 44. Uh, I don't want to mess with the first half. If I was going to make a play in the first half, I'd probably actually take the Patriots. Uh, obviously, we have them for the full yeah. game, but I'd probably take them in the first half uh, First half as well. Excuse me. <clears throat> and the reason I would do that is, again, Bill Belichick, extra time to prepare. And I think one of his... Um, you know, one item he likes to feature in all of his games and all of his years of coaching is getting out to a first half lead. That's such an important thing I know in his coaching philosophy is getting out to a lead in the first half and then being able to play ball control in the second half with a good pass rush, with a good running game and with a good offensive line. And so I think there will be an emphasis for the Patriots to get out to a fast start. So, you know, let's say they put 20 points on the board in the first half. I wouldn't want to mess with that first half under, but I'd rather go with the Patriots in the first half. And if I was going to play the total, I'd take the under for the entire game because 
if Belichick, if I'm reading his mind correctly, which is a tough thing to do, you know, he, whatever you think he's going to do, he does the opposite, it seems, over the course of his career. But if I'm guessing right that he's going to try and get out to a lead, uh, then they probably become more conservative in the second half and run the ball. And, and I think that could lead to the game going under the total. But, uh, you know, the first half, who knows? He, he could probably put up a few points on this team with an emphasis to get out into a lead. All right, Brady, I got one more question for you with this game, and then I'll let you kind of uh, conclude with your thoughts on it. But last week we went into some props, and I was picking your brain, and, you know, we ended up pretty well in that regard. And I'm, I'm going to do another edition for Prop Watch for this game because I got several areas that I'll discuss. But one that I wanted to ask you about, I guess when I say Kyler Murray in 34-and-a-half for the number for his rushing yards, what's your first thought on what to do with that? Hmm. Um, well... You know, that's a tough one because I think my first thought would be over because of Bill Belichick's recent history or history this season anyway uh, against mobile quarterbacks. It hasn't gone well. But my other reaction is that's got to be a focal point for Belichick on defense because, you know, he, he knows, he, he understands what he's done against mobile quarterbacks this year. And uh, again, I have to believe that was probably a point of emphasis uh, in coaching up his defense this past week. Um, so, you know, Belichick's one of those guys that, you know, finds one guy on the opposition that they're going to take away. And maybe that guy this week is Kyler Murray and his ability to rush the football. Uh, I mean, I know DeAndre Hopkins is certainly a threat, um, you know, but can he truly change a game if you're focused on Kyler Murray, not allowing him to run it and getting pressure on him in the pocket? I, I think probably cutting the head off the snake, if you will, is more important uh, for Bill Belichick in this case. So if Murray is indeed that one guy that they're going to try and take out, um, then that might lead you to go under that rushing prop. The, the end, the end of the result here is my answer would be I'm staying away. <laughs> no, I hear you. And look, you know, that last game with Buffalo, New England, I did take a stab at Allen over his rushing yards, but he stayed under, I mean, eight carries for 20 yards and they had struggled with them like we alluded to, but it seemed like they were really kind of keeping him in the pocket and forcing him to throw, which, you know, did work out well for Josh Allen. But, I mean, let's be honest, Kyler Murray and Josh Allen are not on the same playing field as of this moment and not really on the same stature of team with talent and coaching around them. But you're right. I mean, if they want, if Bill wants to take out a certain area of a game, he's probably going to have success. So Murray has gone over that in the last five out of six games. But look, Allen was on a track record of getting over that number two when I was looking to play it so it's not a surefire thing but again I, I was just curious your thoughts because it always kind of switches game by game you would think it would be a play to look toward the over but uh, like you mentioned I mean you never know what Belichick's going to single out well and you, I think you bring up another good point there to either stay away or possibly look to the under the fact that Bill Belichick just had a game 10 days ago against a mobile quarterback and, and like you say, did pretty well as far as shutting down the rushing part of the attack of Josh Allen and his arsenal. So, you know, maybe that is even better preparation for Belichick going into this game against another mobile quarterback. 
Most definitely. All right, Brady. Well, before we move on, any final thoughts for this game? And then like we typically do, we could take a peek to NFL Week 15, the upcoming uh, slate in the uh, in the NFL. Yeah, I think we've covered this one from top to bottom as far as the situation and the stats and the numbers and everything uh, that I can come up with really favoring New England. Uh, but here's some trends for you. And these are pretty strong as well. The Patriots are 29-9-1 against the spread after consecutive spread losses, including 15-0 against the number when they're facing a team off of a loss. Arizona applies to a 2-31 against the spread situation that plays against bad teams at home on Monday night. New England also fits into a 54-15 and against the spread situation as a road favorite with extra rest. Jeez. Strong stuff. Okay. Yeah, no kidding. All right, baby. If you weren't pushed over to the edge yet, maybe that got <laughs> you there. Great stuff from our pal Brady Cannon. Again, at Las Vegas Golfer, where you can follow him on Twitter. Brady laying minus one of the hook with New England. I will be sweating out the money line at the price of minus 125. Okay, Brady, looking ahead to NFL Week 15. I'm just scouring the lines right now at vsin.com at our odds page. And, of course, not every book has these lines up, and it's very early. Brady and I are recording this Sunday night. I guess I'll start with this game just because we were talking about this. Jeff Parles, Ben Wilson, and I in Beeston Live Bet Sunday with this matchup with Cincinnati and Tampa Bay. So it looks like the Bengals opened up as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and already, Brady, we're seeing them over the key number of three. Now the Bengals are laying three in the hook on the road against Tampa. Total still at 42-and-a-half, which is where it opened. I mean, since he's looked fantastic as of late, arguably looking like the best team in the NFL, whereas Tampa is quite on the opposite end of that spectrum, maybe considered one of the worst, even though they're somehow at the top of their division. But man, I mean, Tom Brady and this offense, it's it just been incredibly frustrating. So I get the movement. I don't know if I'd rush to lay it immediately over the key number of three, but Brady, I just can't find myself back in Tampa Bay at this point. Yeah, we'll see where this line goes. I, I think if it goes higher, there might be a point where I would want to buy on Tampa Bay. Uh, you probably can't get a much lower stock on this Tampa Bay Buccaneers team than we have right True. now after that performance uh, in San Francisco, if we even want to call it a performance. Uh, you know, and they weren't even that good against the New Orleans Saints last week uh, in that uh, incredible fourth quarter comeback. You know, they, they were ready to lose that game and only have, what, 13 points or something on the board, if I recall. I can't remember everything, how it went down there, but the Saints were certainly in position to win that game and hold Tampa Bay to yet another week uh, of very anemic offense. I think one thing that was really surprising to me today uh, was how badly the defense was gashed by the 49ers. That's certainly a strong point of this Tampa Bay team is their defense, and and they weren't that far off in a lot of categories from San Francisco on the de on the defensive side of the ball, and we know how good the San Francisco defense is, but boy, Brock Purdy, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, they, they were all just gashing these guys uh, uh, in, in on the ground and through the air. And, and so that really surprised me. I would imagine that uh, next week in week 15 and hosting the Bengals, they will have that defenses, uh, defense corrected quite a bit. Now, they were missing some players uh, in the defensive secondary. We know they still have some players missing on the offensive line, so they are banged up a little bit. But I would still expect a 
much better defensive effort out of Tampa Bay and probably a better offensive uh, offensive effort as well. You can't get much worse than really what they've been all season, but you know, especially today and, and in the last couple of weeks. Um, Cincinnati, on the other hand, has a very good defense that is kind of unheralded. Uh, now, Trey Hendrickson, uh, I did believe, uh, suffered an injury for Cincinnati today. I think he broke his hand. Um, sometimes guys can play with that. They put one of those big club gloves, if you will, over their hand. But uh, I'm sure he won't be the same player. I wouldn't think uh, that he has been going into Tampa Bay. Um yeah, th this is a wait-and-see one for me, but uh, you know, just on the surface right now, I would expect Tampa Bay to improve, and again, you can't probably find a much lower buy-low spot on the Buccaneers. All right, Brady, and then a game I don't think any of us envisioned as being one of the more exciting ones heading into Week 15, but how about the Jets and the Lions? Yeah. The Jets opened up as a three-point favorite. Now it's come down to a pick. Detroit, one of the hotter teams in the National Football League, one of the top offenses, number one in red zone offense this season. Can they keep it going on the road against the Studley Jets defense? My look-ahead number in this came to the Jets minus two and a half. So that's pretty darn close to where the look-ahead was. You mentioned uh, Jets minus three. And, and I absolutely understand the move. Um, this is obviously going to be a different uh, defense that the Lions are facing in this game. You know, they've faced some pretty weak defenses as of late on this streak that they've been on. Uh, they played your Chicago Bears, uh, the Minnesota Vikings. I think we saw that defense exposed today. If, if you didn't know it already, that defense isn't very good. Uh, well, this is a very good defense for the New York Jets. Um, but their offense is is pretty choppy. And will Mike White be healthy? You know, he took that big hit. He did come back into the game. But will he be ready to play for the New York Jets? Uh, if it's Zach Wilson or Joe Flacco, I, I really don't want any part of him. Um, but, uh, you know, right now this is one. And let's also think about Detroit and the success that they've had. Most of it in, in the entire season has come at home. They, they are really good on offense at home. Jared Goff is a much better player at home. Jared Goff has also had, you remember some games in Chicago when it was freezing cold. He has really struggled in cold weather. So we'll have to check the weather, what it's going to be like in New York in mid-December. It can't be too warm, I would think. But, uh, you know, I think some reasons to consider the New York Jets here. And who knows, the Lions might flip to a favorite. Uh, I think if you could get the Jets in, in the role of an underdog, uh, that might be one to look at. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, this will be crazy to see where this line moves. But yeah, if you get a situation where Detroit flips as the favorite, I mean, looking to tease up the Jets or something like that, for the fact alone that maybe their defense could keep it in it. And conversely, you have one of the worst defenses in Detroit. So if Mike White, if he still can walk like a normal person after taking a couple licks this past weekend, hopefully he can provide enough offense to keep that one within the margin. But again, that line movement will be very telling as we get closer to the weekend. Uh, Brady, we got to talk about your 49ers, man. I mean, you know, I'm sweating out the NFC Championship ticket, and we weren't feeling great about the news with Jimmy Garoppolo. We still figured that Brock Purdy could, I guess, just do well enough in this offense because of the weapons around him, because of the defense, because of the mastermind that is Shanahan, enough to get by in the regular season. Heck, I mean, the way this NFC looks, this team still could find themselves in that NFC Championship game. 
Purdy's been looking great. Again, we don't want to overreact. It's hard not to, though, when he did what he did against Miami. All right, not so good of a defense. Maybe it was a fluke for the game he came in. Well, one of the better defenses in Tampa Bay against the greatest quarterback of all time, they put up 30-plus points. I mean, I think you got to give him a little confidence, and the market is seeming to do that. One and a half up to three and a half on the road against Seattle this week. Yeah, they're you know, it's probably almost 100% that they're not going to have Debo Samuel. Now, thankfully, it does not appear to be a serious injury. They're guessing it's probably a high ankle sprain. He's going to have an MRI on Monday, but I don't think he plays on a short week. You know, they play Seattle on Thursday. I don't think there's any way uh, they're going to get Debo Samuel for this game. But, you know, Mike Pritchard and I talked about it on the Pro Football Blitz on Sunday that the San Francisco defense is starting to creep into the territory you know, I don't want to throw out 85 Bears and, you know, whatever that year was with the Ravens when they had Trent Dilfer at quarterback. But but it seems like it could be that type of formula. Even Peyton Manning, when he won a Super Bowl and Vaughn Miller was the MVP, that was all about the Broncos' defense. Maybe that's a little bit more of an accurate comparison there, the Broncos' Super Bowl team with that defense. I, I think the Niners have the type of defense that could possibly carry them all the way uh, to the big game. And, and what you need in, as far as quarterback is just a, a game manager that doesn't turn the ball over. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo was maybe having his best season before he got injured. He, he was a little bit more than a game manager. He was doing terrific on third down conversions. Uh, you know, he was throwing a better deep ball down downfield. He was converting a ton of passes in that short, you know, 10, 8 to 10 to 12 yard range over the middle uh, to his uh, guys running slant routes and whatnot. Uh, and Purdy did most of that today. You know, I mean, I don't think there was a whole lot of difference between Purdy and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, you know, the, the, the throws that he threw touchdown passes on to Brandon Ayuk and to Christian McCaffrey, he was under pressure from a blitz and he kind of just threw it up there knowing that his guy was probably going to be there and be there open. Uh, they weren't the most beautiful passes in the world. Uh, but again, exploiting that Tampa Bay defense that was surprisingly bad today, but he also threw some very good passes. And, and I like the fact that he's mobile and, and, and they can roll him, you know, to one side or the other and have him throw on the run like that. I think he's a great competitor. Uh, he has full support from his teammates. And, you know, Fred Warner made the comment that, you know, for 13 weeks, the guy's been the practice squad quarterback, not practice squad, but has been in practice going up uh, right. against the best defense in the NFL. And he felt that that was going to be very helpful for Brock Purdy going forward. And, and I think that's real. Now he's going to face a, a pretty weak defense in the Seattle Seahawks. We saw them improve on defense kind of mid-season, but now they've fallen back into what they were to begin the season, and they were gashed pretty well by the Carolina Panthers earlier today. Now, the Seahawks and Pete Carroll have had the Niners number for a long time, but that was with Russell Wilson, and the 49ers are another team like the Patriots that have struggled against mobile quarterbacks. We know Geno Smith is not one of those. And I think the 49ers will do a job on him on defense, probably put a ton of pressure on him like they did earlier this year where Seattle did not even score an offensive touchdown in that game against the 49ers earlier this season when San Francisco won it. The other thing is there's going to be a lot of hype about Brock Purdy and what he just pulled off on Sunday. And if this number continues to go up in San Francisco's favor, there could be some value on Seattle. Uh, but right now, I'm going to stay away. San Francisco is so tough on defense, it's going to be very difficult for the Seattle Seahawks.
Yeah, I mean, man, Seattle, they had a game today that they just couldn't afford to lose, and they just looked sloppy all throughout. Geno looks like he's coming back to earth. Uh, the defense was clearly regressing, and that was kind of a weaker side, but it, they couldn't stop the run in the second half whatsoever. So uh, I think you make some great points. I mean, there is going to be an overreaction to Brock Purdy simultaneously. It may be justified because of how poor Seattle's looked over the last four games. So uh, again, it's a division matchup. Typically gets played close, so uh, we'll see what, the, uh, what that comes to in terms of the final outcome. But hey, Brady, that's pretty much all I got for the games that I'm looking forward to uh, for week 15 again it's just a brief look ahead right now before we really get established within it any final thoughts for the games right now that are catching your eye unless we hit all the ones that uh really been standing out to you yeah i'll give you one more that i actually already played sure. and i played it earlier this week when the look ahead lines came out and that was the buffalo bills minus six and a half over the Miami mm. Dolphins and things have kind of worked out in my favor. I don't know if you're yeah. seeing any movement on that line right now, but I would expect it to go up with how awful the Dolphins looked on Sunday night and they weren't that much better the week before against the 49ers. Two straight losses for Miami and they haven't looked good at all. We know that defense is really poor uh, and they couldn't even get anything done on offense this evening against a very poor Chargers defense. So Buffalo looked pretty good today. I mean, the weather, everything they did uh, just to put 20 points on the board in those type of conditions against that type of defense. I don't think anybody's going to downgrade Buffalo too much uh, after today's victory, and they may downgrade Miami after their second straight yeah. loss. So uh, I, I got in front of it. My look-ahead number came to the Buffalo Bills minus eight, and uh, when I saw it under seven, I went ahead and fired on the Bills. Also yeah, a rematch game, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, and, and right. believe me, the Buffalo Bills haven't forgotten about that one. They totally dominated in the box score over Miami earlier this season when they lost that game. So a little bit of revenge going for the Buffalo side as well. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like seven and a half is where this number is going to be once again. Uh, this one's still kind of hesitant to cross the board, but uh, we do see it looks like it may be popping up at seven in the hook. And you're right, you got to think about the revenge spot. And it's kind of in a similar spot where I like Buffalo this week against the Jets in a teaser opportunity. Now that it's over seven, I I'm sure that will be a viable play as well for a lot of people to get Buffalo down from, say, seven and a half down to minus one and a half against this Miami team that, man, it's not even recency bias, Brady. I mean, Tua looked very, very normal against the 49ers. That's putting it politely, and it got even more pathetic against one of the worst defenses in the Los Angeles Chargers. By the way, Tyreek Hill ankle, I know he got a couple of touchdowns, but that was clearly a looming issue. And, you know, you're going up against a good defense once again in Buffalo that is fighting in a very competitive division, of course, as they very well know going against one of the teams within it. But, uh, yeah, as long as Josh Allen isn't taking forever offensively like it was a little worrisome today and we've seen in other spots, I think they should be able to take care of business. It wouldn't shock me to see them cover your number of six and a half. So good find by you, Brady. Well, uh, you know, should be a fun week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but. You know, he's also Josh Allen played against, you know, one of the better defenses in the entire league today in the Jets, and he's going to be going up one of the very worst uh, in the Miami Dolphins. Uh, I'll tell you, you talk about two of the last couple of weeks. Uh, it looks like maybe the blueprint is out. I think if you sure. could just fluster him, I think this offense that he and Mike McDaniel run is so based on timing. 
And if you can, you know, get his timing off kilter with pressure, uh, I think that's when we see him make errant throws. And the Niners certainly showed that in that game uh, two weeks ago. And, and then I think the Chargers were able to do it today as well. They were able to fluster him and he was not able to just, you know, find that timing. I mean, where was uh, where was Jalen Waddle tonight? I, I didn't even I forgot he was yeah. even on the team. He, he was non-existent. So the Chargers did a remarkable job. And we know now the Buffalo Bills, not as good a defense is San Francisco, but I would say certainly better than the Chargers. They're going to do the same thing. They're going to fluster and take the timing off for McDaniel and Tua's offense, and, and I think that'll be a recipe for success. What what the first thing was, Danny, that that had me looking, you know, and, and waiting until this look-ahead line came out, I had this game circled because let's remember, this is the third road game in a row for Miami. They went all the way across the country to San Francisco. Now, I know they stayed on the West Coast. They lose on Sunday night. Now from Los Angeles, they go all the way back to Miami and then to Buffalo, where, again, you have a warm weather team playing in mid-December in Orchard Park, New York. So I think there's a lot of things that add up to uh, Buffalo looking like a pretty good side in this game. I like it. All right, folks, he is Brady Cannon. Remember to follow him on Twitter at Las Vegas Golfer. For myself, Danny Burke, at Danny Burke 5 on the tweets. Brady sweating out minus one in the hook with New England. I'm going with the money line minus 125. That is what we've got rocking for Monday night. And if you want more content and an in-depth analysis in terms of the props, make sure you listen to Prop Watch. Also available here on Beeson's Pro Football Betting Podcast feed. Best of luck to all of you. Thank you for tuning in. We'll catch up again later this week. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.